The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is the Employment Law Show, and so good to uh, to have you here. Uh, Lior Sanfiru here, of course. Co-founding partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. Bring on the phone calls, 416-870-6400. You pick the topic. Uh, You've been terminated, laid off, wrongfully dismissed, harassed at work, uh, experienced changes to your job, human rights issues. It's all good. Bring it on. Get some information, at least a quick phone call to get you down the right path for sure. And it all starts with uh, with calling us here for the remainder of the show. 7.07, so it's nice and early. Let's uh, let's get into it. Answering some emails that, Leori, you received this week. There's a pile of these, so we want to uh, to get to them uh, in haste. But um, tell us what, uh, what happened this week. John, you know, it's uh, still a week's not over, and it's been a, a very busy one. Uh, I've sp- spoken to a lot of people about workplace rights. And I hope to do the same thing this evening. I hope to get a lot of calls so that we can help as many people as possible answer questions about workplace rights, about employment law, about your job security, about your layoff, your severance, your changes to terms of employment, what your boss can and cannot do. Now is the time, now is the place to call and ask those questions. You'll feel better if you do. You'll be helping yourself. You'll be helping others that are listening with their problems. So take advantage of the fact that we're here for one purpose and one purpose only, which is to answer your questions. Don't be bashful. But, of course, despite what I just said, option two is always available. And option two is that you connect with me in the office, off air, not a problem. Always happy to do that. We'll give you my phone number. We'll give you my email address throughout the show. So uh, stay tuned for that. But week there was. A couple situations that uh, that I've seen just very recently that I wanted to bring up here because I think there's important lessons to be learned. First one, I spoke with a gentleman. He had been on the layoff for a number of months, uh, of course, because of COVID-19, like so many others. Uh, He had gotten a call from his uh, boss saying, uh, we can have you back to work, but we're going to have you back to work on the night shift instead of the day shift. Mm -hmm. He said, well, you know what? No, I'm not interested in working the night shift, so no worries. I'm I'm happy to stay on the layoff. I'm okay with that uh, until my my regular shift is open. So just give me a shout when my, once my new sh- my regular shift is open, my my day shift when that's available, and I'll come back to work. Well, fast forward a few days later, he gets a record of employment from his employer sent to him saying that he resigned. He follows up with his employer. They say, "Well, you didn't come back to work when we called you. You've resigned. So long. Farewell." He calls me, of course, smart guy. And here's what I tell him. I tell him, well, that's of course is not a resignation because the job they offered you is actually not your job. They offered you a different job. They offered you the night shift. So you refusing that other job is perfectly proper, perfectly legal, and it's not a resignation. They responded to your absolutely reasonable refusal by terminating your employment. So you did not resign. They've terminated your employment. And now they have to pay you severance. Now for him, John, he'd been there for eight years. He probably is looking at about 10 months of severance as what he'd be owed in this situation. Uh, and, and there's some important reminders here. Number one is your employer cannot make significant changes to terms of employment. We've said it before. 
That does mean they can't change you from day shift to night shift. They can't take you from weekdays to weekends, can't change your pay, uh, you know, can't make you part-time instead of full-time. And if they do, you can absolutely legally refuse. You can't be uh, considered to have resigned because of it. The other thing to remember, of course, is that only you can decide if you've resigned. The company can decide for you that you've resigned. And finally, uh, the, the point that uh, should always be remembered is that this person, if he had wanted to, could have treated that layoff as a termination back on day one. He didn't have to wait. He was happy to wait. He had no problem with it. But for every, anyone out there, if you're, on, if you're on a layoff, you may be able to treat that as a termination. You don't have to wait. You can get your severance right now. Keeping in mind, of course, severance can be as much as two years' pay. So definitely, John, some important lessons there. By the way, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. the number to get hold of the firm. Uh, outside of the hour of the show is also pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. I love this website. So much available for you. Even before you make the phone call, you'll want to go there, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Uh, but here now, live, bring the phone calls on, 416-870-6400. That is the way to call. We have open lines, so feel free to chime in and have your say. Um, we still got Lior there. Do you, uh, his connection go uh, go limp? Like. All right, well, we'll try to reconnect. We'll uh, we'll take a short break, and we'll uh, we'll get him back on the line. The, the magic of technology. Let's do that. We'll continue more of the Employment Law Show. And your phone calls, 416-870-6400. Coming up right here, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And uh, we're back. Everything's good. 716. Now Lior's <laughs> back with us. A small technical issue, technical difficulties, but uh, we got you back now. As you were saying, matter two before we go into our emails, what exactly happened? So this bottom line to kind of summarize, and I, I was talking, I didn't even know that I was off air, so I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself and I'm getting all hyped up in any event. Bottom line is this employer let an employee go because they filed a harassment complaint, because they took a medical leave. That's illegal. Your employer not only cannot do that, they have to take these harassment allegations seriously, they have to investigate, they have to take all measures to rectify it, and they certainly can't let you go because you've raised harassment allegations. And if you take a medical leave, you cannot be let go. Now, this was a large financial institution, a bank. They, there's the violations of the human rights uh, laws here. There's other violations. It's a wrongful dismissal. You name it, all wrapped into one. There's important reminders there. And also another reminder that just because you may work for a large company that should know better doesn't mean that they're doing everything right. In many cases, that's not the case. If you find yourself in any of those situations, give me a call. Let's talk. You certainly have quite extensive legal rights yeah phone lines open by the way they're working fine 416-870-6400 that's here and now to call into the uh, the wednesday night edition of the employment law show 416-870-6400 help at employmentlawyer.ca that's where we're going fred says uh, leor my employer found out that i was looking for another job i was fired on the spot and have not been paid any severance am i owed anything you know, it's funny. I uh, well, not funny. Certainly not for Fred, but uh, I, I've I've seen the situation happen a number of times. 
company finds out the employee is looking for work somewhere else, gets very upset. That's it. You're out of here. Well, let's be very clear. Uh, I understand why an employer may be unhappy, but that's not cause for dismissal. Never will that be cause for dismissal. In fact, it's not even cause for discipline. Legally, that Fred did nothing wrong. Now, uh, I understand the employer being unhappy, but yeah, frankly, Fred can't spend his time, you know, off work looking for another job. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, where it could become a problem is if instead of working, Fred is spending time doing other things, he's searching for other jobs or doing other stuff on the internet, that could be considered time theft. Uh, so that's something that could cause discipline. But the act itself of looking for another job, that's never caused. So Fred, you're owed severance. That's certainly, if you were let go supposedly for cause because of that, that's nonsense. That's a wrongful dismissal. It's, it's going to be a wrongful dismissal any day of the week. So you got to give me a call. And certainly for anyone out there, uh, yeah, probably not a good idea to have your employer find out that you're looking for another job just from a, an optics standpoint, but that will never be just cause for termination. Absolutely not. Fred, reach out by phone. You know the email, obviously, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But for you, with the remaining time here, no problem, 416-870-6400. Get on to uh, Sean. Sean says, can I be fired for cause because the company says – that I took products out of the warehouse, even though there's no proof I was not given any severance. Well, here's the bottom line is if the company wants to let Sean go for cause for stealing, I guess is what we're talking about, they have to prove that he did. Uh, if he took the stuff out of the warehouse that he wasn't supposed to, if that's stealing, yeah, of course that's cause. That That's mm -hmm. illegal. That's going to be cause always. But the company has to prove it. Innuendo, uh, rumors suspicions is absolutely not going to be enough. They have to prove, we call this on a balance of probabilities, meaning that it's more likely than not that he did it. Uh, now, keep in mind that taking stuff out of the warehouse in and of itself may not even be considered theft or, or a misconduct, depending on what you're taking, depending on what the company has allowed you to do in the past. So let's say there's scrap metal in the warehouse and the company has never really stopped people from taking it. You know, it's just scrap metal. You take something and you do. And all of a sudden they say, ah, now you've done it. Now we're going to let you go. Well, that's a problem for the company as well, right? That could be, if you're condoning certain behavior, you can't decide one day, no, no, now we don't want that. So for sure, uh, he should really give me a call. We need to discuss, number one, is there any proof that he did anything wrong? Or did he in fact do anything wrong? Uh, if if not, absolutely wrongful dismissal. Now, what if it's a case where the employer says, you know what, proof, no proof, doesn't matter, just left a bad taste in our mouth. We're going to get rid of you, but we're going to pay a severance. Different story. Different story, yes. Yeah. The, the company could say, you know what, we think you, you took stuff for the warehouse. We don't know for sure. We can't prove it, but we're not going to take a risk, sir. You're out of here. So, But because we don't know, we're going to pay you full severance. As long as you're paid full severance, the company can let you go even if the reason is one you disagree with, even if the reason is one that is not necessarily valid from a, from a factual standpoint, they can let you go. Really, the only time that a company can't let someone go, even if it's with severance, is if it's the, a discrimination situation or if you're being punished for standing up for your rights. In most of those cases, you can't be let go. Other cases, hey, as long as you get paid your severance, potentially as much as two years' pay, the company can let you go. 
The website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is always handy with employment law matters, so check it out. The severance pay calculator is wrapped up in there as well. It's free, it's anonymous, but there is a contact button at the top if you choose to use it. The email uh, address we've referred to for uh, tonight and, and every show for that matter, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Don't wait till the last two minutes of the show to make a phone call and get bottlenecked. You want to do it now, 416-870-6400. With any uh, questions or comments about employment matters for yourself or for a colleague or a co-worker, don't hesitate. Call us here on air and get some uh, get some answers. Another email from Lisa. Says, Lior, I quit my job because my employer owed me more than five grand in overtime and vacation pay. He refused to pay it. I asked for payment many times, and he always promised that he would pay, but he never did. Is there something uh, that I can do to get the money owing? Well, yes, and and there's actually more than just the money owing at stake. So let's let's answer the first question first about the money owing, and then let's talk about something even more important. First of all, in terms of the money owing, yes, to get the money owing, if you're owed money overtime, vacation pay, holiday pay, uh, salary, whatever it is, if the company refuses to pay, that's of course illegal. And for that, you can actually go to the Ministry of Labor. You file a claim with the Ministry of Labor, they'll order your employer to pay you and they they have to comply. But here's the other interesting part, which I'm not sure she, she understands necessarily, is if she leaves, if she quits because her employer won't pay her, what the employer is supposed to pay her, well, that's actually a constructive dismissal. If you leave because your employer is not doesn't meet its obligations, you're not getting paid what you're owed, well, then you're not leaving because you don't want to work there or because you, you decide you want to spend more time with the family. You're leaving because the company broke the deal. So in that situation, not only would she be owed her uh, $5,000 in uh, uh, overtime and vacation, she'd actually be owed severance. If your employer owes you money, refuses to pay you, as a result you end up leaving, yeah, that may well be a constructive dismissal. Mm-hmm. So for her, let's have a chat. Let's talk off air. Uh, I can get you, help you get the $5,000, but potentially you could be owed tens of thousands of dollars in severance. So that to me is the interesting piece of this, is the fact that she may well be owed severance, even though she's the one to quit. Yeah. Lisa, you want to uh, use that phone number, do it before you make a, another maneuver for sure. one 821 5900 That is the uh, the way to do that. Daniel's up next. Daniel, uh, of course, emailing in help at employmentlawyer.ca says, I got into an argument with my boss and was fired on the spot with zero compensation. Always been a good employee and have worked for the company for five years. Can I get my job back? Yeah, another question that I get often, you know, can I get my job back? And in most, uh, for most employees, that's not an option, unfortunately. There's very few uh, legal mechanisms available to help get someone their job back. In some situation for federally regulated employees, that may be possible. But for most of us, that's not possible. But what may be possible is to absolutely get severance. Now, listen, I don't know what obviously happened between him and his employer. I don't know what was said. I don't know how he behaved. But unless he said something outrageous, like he threatened his boss or called them certain names that I'm certainly not going to repeat on the radio, then even if he got into an argument and he was out of line, that doesn't mean that's cause for dismissal. Remember what I said earlier. It's very difficult to terminate for cause and him doing something wrong does not mean that's cause for dismissal. So even though maybe he got into an argument, maybe he said something you shouldn't have, yeah, that may be something you can get a warning for, but not to be let go for, for cause without severance. So the issue here is severance. 
could he get his job back? Potentially, we can try to negotiate that. The more likely outcome is to get severance. But that's a, that's a good question and an important reminder to everyone that doing something wrong, including, you know, heat of the moment, saying something that you don't mean, you know, getting upset with your boss, that does not allow your employer to just fire you on the spot. Not at all. If they let you go, they're going to owe you your full severance. Again, several months pay could be as much as 24 months. Uh, very important to keep that in mind. What if it's a situation where, <clears throat> pardon me, where they didn't necessarily argue with the boss and have a you know a bit of a dust up? Maybe he just got sick of this place and said, you know, I'm out of here. I can't take this gig no more. Got home, had a scotch, went, oh no, you know what? <laughs> I was a little hasty. Maybe I should try to get my job back. Can they go back? And how much time do they have to do so? Well, that's the the old heat of the moment resignation. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and it does happen. It actually happens more often than you you realize that you know something happened. You 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 just you know, you've fed up, all, everything went wrong, that's it, I'm out of here. It's kind of slam something on the floor, grab your briefcase, you're out of there, feeling really, really good about it. An hour later, uh, not so good anymore. You realize <laughs> you made a mistake. And, and here's the thing, key to the moment things happen, and the law recognizes that. So if you, quote-unquote, resign in the heat of the moment, you do have the ability to take that back. Usually, I would say within a day or two, okay? If you try to take it back a month later, sorry, too late. But if within a day, two days, you take it back, you, you contact your employer and say, it was here at the moment, didn't mean it, don't want to resign, I want to continue working, your employer has to take you back. And if your employer doesn't take you back, it then becomes a termination. So even though you're the one that left, here at the moment, resigned, left feeling really good, because it was here at the moment, if your employer decided not to take you back, fine, now it's a termination. Now they have to pay you your severance. Very important to do that if that happens in the heat of the moment. Send an email. And by the way, you want it to be an email. You don't want it to be a phone call. If you do a phone call, your employer can say, you never called me, never got it. Uh, if you send an email, it's very difficult to say you never sent it. Send an email saying, sorry, it was heat of the moment, didn't mean to, want to come back to work tomorrow. Uh, if your employer won't let you, come call me. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about your severance at that point. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to reach out to Lior's office when we're not doing the show, but here and now, uh, pick up a phone and call us. You still have, uh, yeah, you still got lots of time. It's uh, it's early. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. That would be the number to use. Going through some of the uh, bulk of the email questions you've had over the last week or two. Uh, Lior Tina's up next. She says, "I've been on a medical disability leave for three months." My employer is putting pressure on me to return to work. They say that the business really needs me. I'm afraid that if I don't return, I won't have a job there anymore. Do you have any advice for me? Yeah, no, I absolutely do. And, and the advice is to do what your doctor tells you to do, always and forever. And what I mean by that is if your doctor says, no, you're not ready to come back to work, do not go back to work. Do not go back to work if you're not ready to do that. It doesn't matter what the company wants. When you're not well, you have one job, and that is to do what you can to get better. Not to go back to work, not to try to uh, be a superhero. And you cannot be let go because you're off, because it's taking you six months instead of three months to get better. Absolutely not. That's a human rights violation. That's illegal. Nothing can happen to you in that situation. Now, I understand the employer. It's okay to ask, hey, if you're able to come back to work, sure, we could really use you. That's fine. That's fair. But in that situation, uh, if you're not ready to come back to work, you simply say, no, I can't. I will let you know once I can. I'm going to speak to my doctor, but that's it. 
You cannot and should not worry about losing your job because that would be illegal. Follow your doctor's advice. Do what your doctor says. And by the way, when you are ready to come back to work, maybe you're not able to come back to work at full speed. Maybe you need some accommodation. Maybe you have to come back to work gradually on modified hours. Maybe you need modified duties. Whatever it is, your employer actually has the legal obligation to accommodate you. So get that doctor's note. Make sure that your uh, employer knows what the type of accommodation is that you need, and then they have to accommodate you. Don't feel the pressure. You can stay off as long as you need to, so long as you have your doctor's support. You cannot be fired. Absolutely not. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I know we've had similar emails and calls uh, of that nature in the past, Lior, and they, you know, some people will call and say, yeah, but I only have 10 sick days to use, so I can't be off past that. Or, you know, I've already burned through my short-term disability, so they're saying I have to go back to work. Both of those aren't true, are they? No, they're not true. Sick days, for example, only has to do with how many days off you'll get paid for by your employer. It has nothing to do with how many days you can actually be off work. You can be off work for a month, six months, a year, two years. You know, you get the idea. As long as your doctor supports you, that does not mean you're, you're going to get paid by, uh, by your employer for that period of time, but you still have your job. Your job is not going to be lost. You can't be let go because you took a medical leave of absence. So the number of sick days that you have is not relevant to how long you can actually be off. The only one that can decide how long you need to be off is your doctor. That's why I say get that doctor's note. The other thing, though, you mentioned disability, short-term disability. If your short-term disability or your long-term disability insurer won't cooperate, if they're not paying you, if they're cutting you off, they're not approving you, despite what your doctor is saying, we need to talk about that right away. Let's, Let's chat. We have a whole team in the office just dealing with those issues very common, but also very easy to resolve. So if you're facing that type of situation, definitely give me a call. Firm phone number, one 821 5900 if you prefer a lengthy, more private conversation rather than calling it tonight. But you still got lots of time here, lots of open lines. Very quiet on a Wednesday, 416-870-6400 is the way to uh, to call in. Richard is up next with another email, says, I'm about to leave my current job to take a position with a different company, this was a very difficult decision for me because I've been with the company for 10 years. Should I ask uh, for any specific terms in my employment agreement with the new company? Wow. Think. Well, that's an interesting question. And yeah. the first thing you, you want to actually do is read the employment agreement that you're offered very, very carefully. That's before we talk about what to ask for. Let, let's talk about what to right. avoid. Uh, as that employment agreement could contain many terms that are problematic for you. For example, there could be a term there that puts you on probation. Why ever would you leave a secure job that you've had for years to go somewhere else and be on probation? Doesn't make sense. If if they want you, if you, they're going to drag you or take you away from a, a secure job, you shouldn't be on probation. There could be a term in there that limits your future severance. So why, again, leave a long-term job to take another job where they can let you go with almost no severance? Very important. Look for that. Consider whether or not there are terms in the employment agreement that limit your, uh, or or, sorry, that that give the company the ability to change the terms of of your employment. Is there something that that says we can change your job, reduce your pay? Uh, Think about it. Uh, You've just negotiated a salary of $80,000. You're very happy about that. But there's also a term there that says we can change your pay. Well, what's the point of even negotiating salary if the company can just change it, right? 
So be careful about that. So those are some ideas of things to look for. Now, in terms of what to ask for, again, to waive the probation, and perhaps let's negotiate enhanced severance. So the law generally takes good care of us when it comes to severance. But if you're going to leave a secure job, maybe we negotiate even enhanced severance. We can negotiate a severance package that says, you know, if you leave me or if you let me go, you'll pay me a minimum of six months severance plus another month per year of service, as an example. So there's some things like that we can talk about, but I would be very careful before I sign any new employment agreement if I'm leaving a secure job. So probably best advice, before you sign anything, let's have a chat. Let me see that agreement. Let me make sure that there's nothing in there that's problematic, and then you can go ahead and sign. Would Richard's perspective on what you just said change if it's either him just leaving his job because he found another job versus he's leaving his job because he got headhunted by an employer is being induced to leave from another company? Sure. Is that yeah, I mean, if he is being recruited away actively, he should be that much more careful. You know, if he's not out there shopping his resume and he's only leaving because he someone came after him with these big grandiose promises – he wants to make sure that he's not walking away from uh, uh, from a secure job just to be let go shortly thereafter. And remember that in many cases, if you are recruited away from another job, the new company, when they let you go, may have to recognize the service you had with the previous company. So we want to be extra careful there with that employment agreement. We don't want to give up rights. Uh, very important lesson for everyone out there listening. If you were, If you had another job somewhere, you were secure there for a while, you weren't looking to leave. Another company came to you and they said, we want you. They eventually convince you to take a job. If that company eventually lets you go, you now may be owed enhanced severance, even more severance than usual because of the fact that they recruited you. Very, very important at that point to get some legal advice. Calls here on air, 416-870-6400 is the way to call in now for the remainder of our time. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email. And I'll mention it again, the website we always use, you should as well, freeanonymouspocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Marianne says, uh, guys, the dentist I work for is about to retire and close his practice. I asked about severance, and he had no idea what I was talking about. I've worked for him as a hygienist for 10 years. Am I owed anything? How many times have we heard this email when it comes to medical practitioners? Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, listen, I, I, I love doctors. I have good friends that are doctors and dentists. Totally. Uh, and, and some of the some of the best people that, that, that I've ever met. But oftentimes when it comes to understanding employment law and workplace rights, they simply may not have all the information. They may not know what their obligations are. I see this all the time. So I'm not surprised that Marianne's employer, the dentist, uh, who is closing shop, doesn't appreciate severance obligations. Yes, of course, severance has to be paid. Depending on her age, et cetera, she could easily be owed a year's pay after 10 years with her employer. So uh, I would find a way to, you know, especially if there's a good relationship there, to inform and educate the, the, the dentist about the obligations. Or I could do that easily. A letter from me usually resolves it very quickly. But important. Uh, if you're working for a doctor, now I'm saying doctors only because I see these things happening. Oftentimes a practice is sold or a practice is closed or someone retires. If you're out of a job because of this situation, yes, absolutely you're owed severance. And it's very common, by the way, for uh, those working at doctor's office, dentist's office to work there for many, many years. I've yep. seen people working for 20, 30, 40 years at yeah. the same office. 
yeah, you're going to be on a lot of severance in that situation. 24 months often. So definitely understand that. And, uh, you know, your employer is not bad. Not at all. They may simply not understand their own obligations. Got a phone call in here in between our emails. Shelly, thank you for uh, for standing by for a moment. Good evening. How are you? Yes, I'm okay. Thank you. Um, right. I do have a question, though. I unfortunately Excellent. have just recently been um, diagnosed with breast cancer. I understand that I'm going to be having to do surgery, chemo, and it's going to be like quite a long time off. So I talked to my employer, and they told me that I don't have short-term disability coverage and that I'm going to have to go to EI to get paid. Yeah, so if, if there's no ben, uh, a disability plan through your employer, well, then I have long the term, I just don't have short. Okay, term. got it. Okay, good. At least at least you know you have that if you ever need it. That's wonderful. But but your employer is right. If if uh, there's no short term disability while you're waiting to qualify for long term disability, the only benefits available are, are through EI, the EI sickness benefits. Now, unfortunately, that's not going to pay as much as as you would if there was short term disability. But that's the only thing that's available, so you have to apply for that. Uh, and then if you do qualify for long-term disability, hey, hopefully by then you're back to work. But if not, long-term disability is there for you, and that could pay you potentially till 65 if you need it. Okay, but here's, so here's my question. When they say I have to go on EI, I don't really understand what that means. I, I have to leave my job? No, 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 no. The EI sickness benefits are benefits that are available to individuals that cannot work uh, at their job because of medical reasons. You're not leaving well, I'm anything. Not being, I'm not leaving. They're not. Oh, no, you're simply on a medical, medical leave of absence. Not, that's all that means. Okay, so here my other question is, is let's say that I have currently um, five weeks vacation and five sick days. Do, do I use those up first or do I go straight to EI? Like, how does that work? So if your employer gives you the option, some employers will say, well, we're going to use your vacation first. They're allowed to make that decision. If your they employer are not says- allowed to, or they are allowed They to. are allowed to, yes. Okay, okay. So if they say you have to, then you have to. There's nothing wrong with that. If they okay. say, we'll leave you to make the decision, then you decide what you prefer to use it now or, or to save it for later. Oftentimes, your employer is going to say, we've decided we're going to use vacation first. They are allowed to do that if they want to. I see. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much for that. Thank you, Shelly. Thank you, Shelly. Appreciate the phone call. And uh, here's looking uh, forward to you getting uh, getting healthy and back on your feet for sure. Get to uh, Virginia. Hey, Virginia. Good, good evening. How are you? Good. How about you? Excellent. What's on question. your mind? I got a question about overtime pay. Um, I, I was at, at my job, and I was told that if I work a staff holiday, like on the Monday, say family day or whatever, on the Monday, if I work over 44 hours in that week, that they don't have to pay me stat pay for the overtime hour, sorry, time and a half for the overtime hours, because I got time and a half for the stat. Is that true? No, it's not true. No, if you work more than 44 hours, even in that situation, then they still have to pay you overtime. And if your employer won't pay that, then that's something you can absolutely deal with at the Ministry of Labor uh, and, and they can enforce that overtime. But if you work more than 44 hours, you still have to get paid, even if it's the stat holiday. So I would get paid time and a half for the stat holiday, plus I would get time and a half for any hours over 44 Time and a half, exactly, you got it, anything over 44, exactly. That's exactly what would happen. Okay, because they were saying that I would have to do more than 54 hours because the 10 on the stat don't count towards my overtime. 
No, that is not true. That is not true at all. Uh, I've certainly seen employers say that before. That's not true. So if you can't resolve that with them, you you do have the option to go to the Ministry of Labor and, and that could get it fixed. But no, what they told you is not true. Okay. I could see him saying it if I got paid for the staff, but I didn't work it. I could see that you have to work more than 44 hours to get it paid. But if I actually worked the stat, then that that's what I was figuring. It shouldn't matter. <laughs> you, you're right, Virginia. Absolutely. So you're on the right here. I would talk to them. Uh, if, if you need help from me, by all means, let me know. Otherwise, Ministry of Labor is probably the easiest way to resolve that specific issue. Thanks, Virginia. I'll give you Lior's number just in case you need it. Uh, moving forward, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll try to get another email here or two before we go. Jimmy says, I just received notice that our office will be shutting down for 12 months a year. I want to leave and take another job. Can I get severance? Uh, yeah. Well, if your office is shutting down, if you're not, you're going to be off work, you can certainly consider that as a, as a constructive dismissal and, and get severance. Absolutely. I mean, that would be a significant change to the terms of employment if there all of a sudden there's a, there's a shutdown. Now, some of th- we also have to ask ourselves the reason for the shutdown. In the situation where an, an employer has to shut down, let's say, because of COVID-19, because the government says, you're not allowed to open. Right. You have to be shut down. In that situation, you don't have recourse because the company has no say in the matter. But if it's their decision, decision to shut down for whatever reason as they have, then no, that's not something they could do. That could be a constructive dismissal. And yes, you can get severance in that situation. Jimmy, I mean, it would be based on, you know, generally his age, length of employment and his position. But he said in there, he says, I want to take another job. So we can only assume there's one waiting in the wings. Will that affect his severance, knowing that he can get work the next day or the next week? Potentially, yes. And it's very important to understand that. Well, let's kind of remind people what the purpose of severance actually is. So severance is not a, a punishment, a financial punishment for, on the company for letting you go. They're not being punished. What severance is, is money to help you while you look for another job, while you don't have other income. So what flows from that is if you're able to find another job, it could reduce your severance. So that, that is absolutely a possibility, which is why it's always best to deal with severance as soon as possible, frankly, before you find another job so that you can get the maximum possible. It's been a heck of a night. Appreciate your phone calls and your emails as well. Now that we're done, you can uh, you can keep them coming. No problem. Here's how you do it. And here's the email address we've been using, help at employmentlawyer.ca. The website, wicked reference. Great stuff, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And to reach Lior now that we're done and the rest of his team, one 855 Back here on the weekend with another Employment Law Show. Stick around now, though. On Point is coming right back with Alex Pearson here on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. 640 Toronto.